if leaders are very serious, white leaders are very serious about making a change, how about taking somebody under your wing and mentoring them? Um, uh, because you're not only mentoring them, you're mentoring who will follow them. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We've got a really good one in store for you today. I know we say that all the time, but I feel like we can be biased towards our own podcast. I mean, I feel like that could be a thing, but I mean, we really do believe that each and every one of these episodes is the best episode for the time that it's released. So this is a great conversation. We're continuing in our Dear White Leaders series. We're going to continue dropping these episodes from time to time. Um, We think the conversation is much needed, that it needs to continue, and that if we want to gain a clearer perspective and understand what our next right steps need to be, because so many of us are confused about what to do next, what to say, how to respond, what are um, some good and helpful things that we can do. We know that to do that, sometimes you gain a clearer perspective by approaching a situation from someone else's vantage point. And so we're going to continue that today. We're going to get someone else's vantage point from all the way across the pond, actually. So sit back, grab another cup of coffee, really soak this one in. And Alan has a wonderful conversation with our new friend of Stay Forth Designs, Paulette Youssef. Well, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Guys, we continue this series, Dear White Leaders. And again, we want to be helpful. Some people feel confused in this time, embarrassed in this time, not knowing what steps can I and should I take as a kingdom leader to be able to bring wholeness and unity and and even reconciliation in relationships and in organizations. And we are deeply passionate about that at Stay Forth. We've got another great interview for you today. And actually coming from across the pond uh, from London, uh, I've got a new friend of Stay Forth. This is Pastor Paulette Youssef. Paulette, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, hi. It's a pleasure to be here today. I'm really, really excited. Well, and I'm excited for a couple of reasons. You have an incredible ministry we want you to share about uh, there in London, but you also come from a very different perspective from coming from outside of, of our country. We've all lived in a whirlwind with COVID and we were just talking about the changes that you'll have as, as both a pastor and a ministry leader personally uh, that we've all had. Um, and then we have racial upheaval and the tensions that that has created. So we kind of feel like we've been in our own little world and I think it'll be helpful for us to realize that, oh yeah, there, there actually is a world outside uh, of our, maybe our bubbles, our social media feeds, our ministries, our towns, and our country. So I um, would love that perspective. But first of all, share a little bit about your vocation. You do several things. You do some in- incredible ministry stuff there. Share about your church and your ministry. Okay. So um, I'm the director of Grace Organization. Uh, which is a daycare centre for the elderly. Um, And uh, I'm also the pastor for Grace Fellowship Church. Um, And uh, as I was mentioning earlier, it was started by my late mother, Daphne Marche, MBE. Um, And she started it 36 years ago. Um, She uh, saw a need in the community. She started cooking meals and in her home kitchen and taking them out um, to the local um, uh, people, um, elderly people. Um, And as she did that, she uh, just found more and more need. 
Um, and it just grew uh, so much that eventually she needed a building to operate from. So the daycare centre was started um, and Grace uh, actually began. She uh, uh, had a revelation from God in terms of her starting Grace. Um, Grace actually stands for Get Relief Assistance Counselling and Encouragement. Um, and that was the acronym that uh, she received um, uh, through her revelation. Um, and so she started the daycare centre and um, she uh, then started to, um, you know, do things like church services as part of the daycare centre, uh, also offering activities. Um, she also purchased a van so that she could collect the people from their homes. Um, and it just it just just grew over the last thirty six years. It's been challenges up and down. She's had uh, so much opposition, but she really stood her ground and created a really firm foundation for the organisation. Um, she also um, created the church, founded the church. The church ideally was for older people at that point in time churches were very difficult to access because of the stairs and various other things so older people would often find it difficult to access church buildings so because she was operating from a community hall it gave the opportunity for people to access the community hall a lot easier and so um that was the church so sadly my mother passed away five just over five years ago um, on the 15th of February 2015 and uh, her legacy was there and um, there wasn't anyone to continue the work um, and I really felt um, a very strong pull on delivering um, uh, the legacy that my mum had left you know 30 odd years just couldn't be just left so um, I uh, was seeking God over that time praying and asking for some way to leave my secular job. And a year to the date, on the 15th of February 2016, I received my letter from uh, my employer saying that I've been made redundant. And I was absolutely ecstatic. Wow. Um, so that gave me an opportunity to then uh, start working as the, uh, uh, I, I was already the pastor at that point, but for the directorship of the organisation. So, it's been a real long journey, um, but God has been absolutely wonderful. We've seen this, the daycare centre grow from strength to strength. Um, the numbers are just, um, they've just been amazing. I mean, uh, just before COVID, we were almost at the place where we'd have to say, sorry, we can't take any more elderly people in because we are absolutely full. Um, and, you know, even our local council have said that we're one of the biggest providers. Um, and, you know, uh, we have, you know, really engaged with our older people. It's not just a daycare centre. Um, we call it a home from home experience. They come here and they feel at home. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a, a great time here, a real great time. Wow. What, a, what an incredible legacy of your mom and then you getting to continue that and to know that you guys lead services every day of the week for them and you're pastoring a separate community as well that's been, you know, you've been figuring out Lockdown London and how to lead in the midst of that and now re-entry 
And just the, you, you shared before we started recording uh, that you guys will not be permitted to sing, uh, at least for this season. So going to be praying for you continually as you navigate this season. But it's incredible the leadership that you have and just this moment uh, amazed by uh, you as you describe this. And man, it's incredible how God has provided. Um, thanks for being available today as well for this conversation. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, um, how has the murder of George Floyd and what you're seeing all throughout the United States that's resulted from that, how has that impacted and affected you personally? Um, so I, I would say um, it, it has really uh, saddened me to see uh, that we are at this stage in 2020. Um, you know, just going back a bit uh, to, you know, uh, my mother often shared her experience of coming into this country in the 1960s and, you know, it was a, a, a terrible time for them there, you know, um, they often see signs where it says, you know, no blacks, uh, no, no Irish, no dogs, you know, that was a common sign to sort of see. Um, and you would think that some years later, um, you know, 50, 60 years later, that we would be seeing, you know, things moving uh, you know, progressing much more um, uh, further. Um, but I, I have to say that, you know, I, 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 I couldn't actually watch the whole footage. Uh, it was that deep for me that I, I saw it and just couldn't. Um, and, you know, whatever others may think, um, I, I just felt that I just couldn't quite face uh, watching somebody, um, you know, being 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 killed, really, um, and uh, in such a horrific way. Um, I, I, as I said, for me, I was really saddened by it. And I think the other thing was actually watching, like my daughters. I have three daughters, and you know, them ex watching such a thing happening, they it really did impact them. Uh, you know along with all the COVID things happening on top, um, this really did um, uh, sort of really shook them. And I think as a mother um, and as a pastor, um, I saw my role more as being the calm in the storm. Um, I, I, it was completely horrific and I'm, I don't take anything away from what happened. But uh, for me, I just felt with everyone being angry, I'm not sure how that would be beneficial going forward. So I try to be the calming um, effect, have the calming effect in, in, in the, you know, in the storm and um, just trying to look at the, the bigger picture, really. Um, you know, for me, um, uh, with my pastor's hat on, I, you know, I, I, I sort of see this as... Um, uh, you know, uh, a, a way of separating people, of causing people to be against one another, you know, um, not even just the black-white divide, but even in within, you know, what's happening, people having differing opinions and, you know, everyone, you know, saying their opinion is the, is the right one, you know. So um, I, it's been a real sort of challenging time, but... Um, for me, I see this as a you know the enemy's plan of causing division, separation, and uh, 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 and trying to uh, not allow people to be um, unified. 
Um, but I, I, you know, I, as I said, I, I truly was, um, uh, you know, saddened by the whole uh, thing and, and, and the knock-on effect. I mean, I don't know if there's been uh, much difference in terms of the response because the UK have also been protesting. I don't know if you've seen some of the footage around that and it, yeah. it got pretty heavy. Um, and definitely I don't condone any of the violence or anything else that's been going on um, uh, alongside this. Um, but um, people have felt very angry. Um, uh, and, and particularly, I think, the younger generation have, you know, I think it, it, for that some of them, it's like a first... Um, uh, you know, serious experience that they've witnessed for themselves. So, you know, they feel very passionate about it. Um, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a challenging time. It has been a challenging time. Um, but you know, through it all, I, I I've I've tried to seek God's direction on how to deal with you know each. Um, uh, sort of thing that comes up. That's really well said, Paulette. And you, you seem very grounded, like just in seeking to be the calm amidst the storm. And, and I also uh, think that, I mean, I fully agree with the division piece as we've seen the fallout from this, even within the body of Christ is saying, you know, here is my opinion and we want to be a bridge builder at Stay Forth and that's why we are here to listen and we are here to learn. And there's so much that we don't know. And even just the posture, I'm hearing that from you of, of God, search me and God, how can I be a bridge in this? And so thank you for that. And I'm sure that that has been a calm. How old are, are your daughters? So my eldest daughter is 28. Um, I have to think about this. The time goes so <laughs> Sorry, I put I put you on the spot. <laughs> She's going to be 29 next month, so I was just trying to figure out where it was. Um, and then I have twin daughters, um, and they are 23. Twin okay. daughters, 23, and they are all praise and worship leaders in the church. Wow! So wow. Uh, yeah, wow. And they do it. Three generations yeah. of strong kingdom leaders, women in your family. That's what an amazing legacy. But as you talk about, yes, the, the younger generation being very stirred toward activism, this is hit differently, um, obviously for the different generations. And I've seen in some of the peaceful protests that I look around and say, it's very much the young um, who are advocating very much in the advocacy. So that's an interesting thing. My daughter is 16, uh, Paulette. So the conversations that we're having uh, from a, a place of her saying, I want to use my voice to create change. And I think that's been really helpful to have that dialogue with someone that says, I'm not sitting around waiting for things to change. I want to be part of the solution. And I think that's one thing I deeply appreciate about you know those in their 20s and 30s um, right here. Uh, not as much life experience, obviously, as as your generation, and yet a whole lot of activism. And I see God using that in, in many ways. Uh, I'm curious... How do you think your perspective has been different coming from London uh, versus maybe if you lived in a larger city in the U.S.? Um, so uh, perspective, um, I would say that for the U.K., um, my experience, and I, I'm, I'm very careful of, of not speaking on behalf of the U.K. because 
I, I'm just, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, one person speaking from uh, my own personal experience. And um, I would say my experience has been, um, in terms of racism, I, I find that in the UK it's more um, covert uh, in the UK. Now, if you were to speak to um, many white people in, in the UK, they will say there's no racism and we're not as bad as the US. Oh, the US are terrible. And, but they don't really see what um, some of uh, the black people experience in, uh, in the UK. Um, you know, I feel that the racism in this country is hidden um, and therefore it's not as, you know, you, you won't, you, you'll get, you know, some incidents where people will be overtly racist, but, um, uh, but I find that the majority of it is hidden. And so therefore it's, it's, it's kind of what they, uh, well, I'm trying to find the right words here, but, um, it's kind of what, um, will be done for others, won't be done for you. Um, you know, we talked about in, uh, in the workplace, the glass ceiling, for example. So you, as a black person, would only reach a certain level. And beyond that, you, you just couldn't, you know, get any further up. Um, you know, uh, in terms of um, how, you know, some of our children are, are, are treated in, in schools. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a real issue, especially for our black boys. There's a uh, almost like a stereo, stereotypical view about them. So they go into school and they're treated a certain way because of um, people's perception of them. Um, so there, there are sort of a lot of uh, things that are kind of hiding under the carpet, I think, in the UK. And in a sense, for me, I think that's worse. I think when you can see a problem, you can deal with it. But when you're you, when it's not visible, um, uh, then I think it makes it it's so much harder to to try and deal with it. Um, uh, and you'll find that you know people kind of dodge. You know, oh, it's not racism. It, it's this. You know, it's because of this. You know, there's always excuses, but. Um, I, I think generally, you, um, you know, you, you'll find that a lot of black people will say that, you know, there is a lot of covert uh, racism in this country. So I think that's where we may differ in, in terms of the US. I, I see in the US that, you know, some people are quite um, vocal about, you know, uh, uh, their views on, on, on black and minority ethnic groups. Um, Whereas over here, you may get the odd pressure group that would do it, but generally uh, people won't sort of say it, but it's more about their actions. Mm. You can see it wow. demonstrated. Yeah. That's, so, that's so well said. That's really helpful um, to, to understand that. And I do think that there, it is becoming more and more visible. And in this season, we can no longer ignore it, at least here in the U.S., because... It is at the center of conversations. It's at the center of organizational conversations. And I hope it continues to remain visible. And I like what you said. If it's visible, then it can be dealt with. We can see some healing there. You can't heal what's hidden uh, is the phrase I often hear. And I think that that, that is so well said. Um, I'm curious, what have your conversations been uh, about racism over the last couple months um, with white friends? 
I, I must say, I have been uh, so immersed in so much going on around me. Um, I, I, I don't know if I've had too many uh, conversations. I think yeah, my conversations have mainly been with, uh, say, my, my children. I suppose we've been in lockdown as well. Sure. Um, with my <laughs> children and also with, um, uh, you know, members of our the congregation. I mean, I've sort of spoken to a few of our uh, uh, people in our congregation, sort of asked them, you know, how they, they, they sort of, a lot of it is around anger. People just feel very angry and feel that, you know, uh, instead of moving forward, it feels like we're taking, you know, many steps back. Um, uh, speaking to uh, a, a young person in our church and uh, they were saying that they were talking to their grandfather about the whole thing around racism and uh, the grandfather's view was um, I don't understand what the problem is because we've moved so much further forward and I think from his generation um, I think things were you know exceptionally bad and uh, so for him he feels like he doesn't know what you know what um, the fuss is about not necessarily to do with what's happening in the US but in terms of racism you know um, so, um, it's, it's been, uh, yeah, I, I, I think for me is that people have, there's, there's many different views and I think that I don't believe that there, there is sort of one solution to fix all of this. It, it really is, um, I think a real coming together and, 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 and looking at what will work, you know, some of it will be trying and, 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 and testing something out and, uh, and, and that's okay. Um, so, um, it, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. That's what I would describe it. A mixed bag. Sure. Sure. So we have leaders listening, all kinds of kingdom leaders. We have some pastors, nonprofit leaders, business leaders, kingdom entrepreneurs listening. And I think the question is if someone feels that they really want to move their actions forward, they want to bring um, racial reconciliation and, and healing. What are some recommendations, maybe simple practical things that leaders can do, kingdom leaders can do to work toward equity and racial reconciliation? Okay, so um, I, my, my view is um, I think the church really should be the model of how people from different uh, backgrounds uh, and nationalities work together and I think it really should start from the church I, um, you know in a way I, I would want to say that this is an opportunity for the church to shine and so I'm, I'm really um, just you know so um, pleased with what your, your uh, stay forth is doing in terms of addressing this issue because I you know I do appreciate it it must be a very challenging area to sort of take on um, and um, I just feel that, um, you know, uh, it, this, as I said, for the church, it's a great opportunity um, to, to um, work together to, you know, bring about unity. Um, and for those looking into the church, seeing that, look, here, here's an, uh, an example of how, you know, people from different nationalities are actually working together, um, you know, to achieve a, a great end. So I think we should be the model 
um, for, and, 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 and really being uh, what we call the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God wouldn't be seeing, you know, anything around colour. You know, it, yes. it, it is um, about, you know, who we are in Christ. Um, so I think definitely I think we should be um, pressing towards looking at how we can unify the church. Um, the other thing I would say, um, if people are really um, passionate about making the change, um, you know, there are some things that we can do. So, for example, you know, uh, it's around education programs. What are we doing to educate the church? You know, I, I appreciate educating the leaders, but then what will the leaders do with that information in terms of educating the church? And I think things like how about Bible studies being centred around, you know, uh, 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 whether you want to call it racism or injustice. Um, there, there's so many sort of incidences in the Bible where, um, for example, when we look at Miriam and Aaron, they they uh, were sort of criticising Moses because of his Ethiopian wife. Um, and, you know, God's response to that was quite harsh. And I'm not saying that's how the church should react, but, you know, what lessons can we learn yeah. from what we see in really the good. word of God? Mm. Um, so what about Bible studies? Um, and, and maybe you'll find that, you know, you'll find even a lot of the younger people getting more um, engaged in in uh, areas like that because of the, the nature of it. And I, I um, you know, when I'm doing my Bible studies, I really do try to make it um, applicable to everyday life so that it, it really is relevant to the, the people participating. So, you know, how about a focus on that? If you want to address the issue and you're serious about it, you know, centering Bible studies around that particular area. The other issue for me um, um, is around mentoring. Um, I think that um, I, I, personally, I don't think that your mentor has to be a black mentor if you're black. Um, I think that, you know, um, if leaders are very serious, white leaders are very serious about making a change, how about taking somebody under your wing and mentoring them um, uh, because you're not only mentoring them, you're mentoring who will follow them, you know, meaning that, you know, what in, whatever impact you make on their life, it's going to have, you know, a, a long lasting effect. So how about taking somebody under your wing and, and spending time? Um, and that also can increase the understanding of the leader, because if you're mentoring someone, you're going to get a real taste of their experiences and, you know, the kind of challenges that they're facing. So it's also a, a learning opportunity for the mentor, you know, as well as the mentee. So I think those are, you know, sort of particular ways um, that we can sort of um, address these issues. I mean, the other thing is maybe just asking the, the congregants, you know, uh, what can we do, you know, having some real talk what can we do as a church, you know, to, to address this? And I know some of these subjects can be very uncomfortable for leaders, but I think um, as I've, you know, sort of heard much over the last few months, um, sometimes we've got to make ourselves uncomfortable in order to get to a, a better end. Mm. So um, it's those sorts of things. Um, and, and I suppose the other thing that came to mind um, 
um, my, sorry, my daughters are always making fun of me. I turn everything into a sermon, they say. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, for me, um, uh, when I look at Esther, you know, uh, her, her, the, the, her nation was about to be annihilated. And what did she do? She, she called a fast. Um, and uh, then she approached the king. And, you know, I, I think for how I interpret that um, modern day, um, I, I can't see why we can't have an international day of prayer and fasting against, um, uh, uh, you know, this injustice, this racism. I love that. Um, and then we coming up with a plan to approach authorities, you know, um, and I, I think that we're going to be a lot more effective if we put prayer and fasting, you know, at the beginning of it. Um, you know, just going back to what Jesus was saying, you know, some of this couldn't be done uh, unless prayer and fasting was applied. So right. I really do feel that there is a space there, um, you know, to be really effective for the kingdom of God. Um, you know, and, you know, I believe God with God, all things are possible. Really do. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so good. I'm so glad you do turn that into a sermon because we forget there's so much in scripture and we think about even Peter, you know, wrestling with racism and having to be straightened out to say that is not okay here in this family. Um, Mm. as we might have conversations with our kids to say, that is not how we work in this family. And I love what I hear in your voice and in your bones is hope is that the kingdom can be a different picture um, that we may be built for a moment like this. We've got our problems in the church, of course. And yet, could we be a bright spot? And I love that, that hope that is in you. So don't lose that, uh, Pastor Paulette. I love what God is doing in and through you. uh, And I love your perspective on this. Uh, a lot of pastors are discouraged in this season. We're having to figure out all kinds of new things personally. And, oh, yeah, how do we lead congregations through this? Do you have any encouragements, things that maybe God has encouraged you with or, or other people have encouraged you with that you can pass on to our listeners? Somebody listening needs a word and they are feeling discouraged today. Could you encourage pastors in any way? Um, well, j- just as you, you, you said to me just now about not giving up hope, um, you know, uh, the word of God talks about us being prisoner, being a prisoner of hope. And I think that's where we've got to be as leaders um, uh, in that. Uh, I'm not saying that we won't have our challenging times, but um, I think to always just hold hope in front of you, um, knowing that you know, yeah, we will go through rough waters. Um, Yes, there's going to be difficulties. But if we are trusting in the God that says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's a consistent God. So, and, you know, when we look in the the record of what God has done, you know, um, that should give us hope. And certainly that's where I find my hope is in the word of God. When I see... Um, you know, the, the various things that, you know, uh, the people that have gone on before us, um, you know, have, have experienced and overcome. And, you know, certainly um, it, the Word of God says that we are more than conquerors, you know, through Christ Jesus. And I think it's just constantly, you know, feeding yourself with that Word 
knowing that it's not us that's going to do the job. It's actually God that's going to intervene. You know, when uh, I mentioned Esther earlier that, you know, uh, she called a fast and, you know, she approached the king. Um, and, you know, I very much believe it was God's intervention that caused the turn in that situation. So if we apply that same method to our modern day situation, we know that if we have the faith to believe that God can do anything, then, you know, what is this in, in, in God's eyes? You know, is there anything too hard for God? That's what the word of God says. So I constantly hold on to, to hope um, and believe that, you know, this is an opportunity. I, I, I say with COVID, with racism, with all the different things that are happening across the world, I do believe that the, this is an opportunity for the church to really shine, to, you know, come up trumps and, you know, be able to say, well, yes, we've gone through the same difficulty, but we believe that God is bringing us through, you know, that God is, is working this out for our good. Um, it, you know, it, it, it may not look that way, but this is what faith is about. Faith is about believing in something that you cannot see. All right. So um, I, I would just encourage every leader to just stand strong. You know, though the, the waves may come, you know, and the, the trouble and the storms will come, just keep holding on to faith. You know, as the word says, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So we can do this, <laughs> people of God, we can do it. Wow. You know, we're all one. We're all working together for the kingdom of God. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. She's preaching now, folks. I love it. <laughs> Paulette, it's incredible to know you, to hear what God is doing in your life. Very special to me to hear that there's a three-generation legacy of incredible women of God leading and you are serving many of the least of these and the elderly often get pushed aside. So thank you for your ministry as well for your church. I will pray for you as you continue to navigate these uncertain times, but with a certain and consistent God, like you said, thanks so much for your ministry. Thanks so much for sharing today. And listeners, I just want to remind you to head on over to stayforth.com backslash field notes. We have all kinds of resources there to begin to educate ourselves, to begin to learn. And I just want to remind you, don't forget about the Word of God. That's such a good reminder today. Don't forget about the Word of God. I've recently been reading and rereading the book of Acts and realizing that the church, we are often at our best when our back is against the wall. And I hear you saying that, Paulette, is that maybe in this moment, this is the opportunity to shine when nobody else would expect it. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, well, thank you for inviting me. As I said, I feel really honoured um, to have been asked to, you know, uh, speak on this subject. Um, uh, and, you know, as I've kind of implied, it's not my area of expertise, but just any experience that I can share to, um, you know, uh, bring glory to God uh, yes. uh, in this. That's important uh, to me. So, um, thank you so much. And I really appreciate all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Yeah. 
Well, guys, as always, I hope that you found this episode to be very insightful. Um, I thought the conversation was very, 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 very needed. I love Paulette's perspective, and it was just very encouraging for the church as a whole, and she gave tons of practical advice for how the church can respond to the current climate with racism, both in the United States and from the vantage point of what it looks like in the UK. So I thought this was fantastic, and I really want to thank Paulette for coming on the podcast with us. Um, Before we sign off, make sure you head over to stayforth.com forward slash field notes and check out all of the resources we have over there. In particular, we've put together one specifically revolving around this series and the racial conversation we're having just to help white leaders grow and become more knowledgeable and equipped in this season. So we're always updating it with resources from guests that they recommend. So check that out. It's stayforth.com forward slash field notes, stayforth.com forward slash field notes. We hope you found this episode to be insightful. We hope you enjoy your week and we will see you on the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Shine, shine, shine. We ain't